It is only as we all hold on and overlook wrongs and failings in others that we can accomplish anything worthwhile. Gifted by area businessman Henry Stambaugh, the doors to Stambaugh Auditorium opened in 1926 to become a place of enjoyment, entertainment, and education for the people of Youngstown and surrounding areas. These are the stories, performances, and conversations of artists and supporters of this historic landmark. This is the 1926 Podcast. Welcome to the 1926 Podcast. In this episode, we're going to pull a story out of the archives. Stamba Auditorium is deeply enriched in history. A large collection of documents in surprisingly good condition are stored in an archive closet in one part of the building. As we uncover the stories hiding in those documents, we are going to share them with you, our listeners. Henry Stambaugh was an avid philanthropist, that we know, selflessly giving to multiple organizations over his lifetime. However, when he was alive, he wanted no recognition for such gifts. Recently, we discovered a series of letters between Henry Stambaugh and Reverend George Anderson. It is not completely clear, but it seems that they met while Anderson was in Youngstown, visiting with soldiers. In these letters, we learn that Henry wanted to pay for the Reverend to travel during World War I to be with soldiers who were sick and suffering. Our first letter finds Anderson at the YMCA in Montreal in September of 1917. He has just begun working with wounded soldiers and has developed a profound interest in doing such work. He mentions that in one single night, they received over 100 wounded men, surrounded by thankful cheers from residents. He is touched by the men who have sacrificed so much, yet are smiling and bright, full of jokes and song. He admits to Henry that he only needs food, a clean bed, and the strength to continue to help these men. Anderson goes on to lament for the widows of soldiers, mothers of sons, who perish while fighting in the war. Mr. Henry, I could sit all day and tell you incidents that come to me. They all seem to trust me, the sailors with their love troubles, the soldier with his grievances, the widow with her burden. Perhaps the most uplifting part of this first letter is a story of a German spy staying at the YMCA before being placed in a hospital to tend to his wounded leg. Anderson goes on to say that the spy must not think anyone is on to him. Despite their obvious differences, they spend their time sharing stories, joking, and laughing. Anderson sees him as a fellow human being rather than a hidden enemy. The Reverend ends the letter with this. I'm giving you such a long screed because I feel that you so splendidly sympathize with this great cause and with this poor unit doing a bit here and there. I feel that you and your brothers are my ideal American gentlemen who have given yourself to helping. Don't at all slacken your hold. It is only as we all hold on and overlook wrongs and failings in others that we can accomplish anything worthwhile. Throughout the rest of September and October, 
Stambaugh and Anderson exchange pleasantries, discuss a book in which they're both enjoying, and discuss the details of the cost of Anderson's living expenses for the trip that he is to take. He is to visit Bermuda, Bahama, Barbados, St. Kitts, and Trinidad to continue his work with soldiers. As you can imagine, he is very eager to get out of Canada for the winter. On October 30, 1917, Stambaugh approved Anderson's request to continue his work in the islands. Conversations about traveling and living expenses continue. In one letter, Anderson implores Stambaugh to share their efforts. I realize why you are not very keen on having your name printed and your good work made the comment of gossipy tongues. In ordinary times, this would be quite right. But we do not live in ordinary times. If we did, you and I would not be in partnership. I want my friends to know that one of the leading manufacturers of Ohio thinks enough of Canada and the splendid burden she is bearing to spend his money in helping her sick and sorrowing sons. With this, Stambaugh agrees. In the coming letters, Anderson continues to describe his work during his remaining days in Canada until the voyage to the islands. When it's his time to depart, the port is flooded with injured men. He helps them as he can until his ship leaves. He describes it as a busy and happy life. Meanwhile, Ohio is beaten with a brutal winter that disrupts much of Stambaugh's business dealings. Stambaugh has visited military training camps and witnessed the progress that young soldiers are making. He reassures Anderson that he is certain he is doing good work and that it does not seem to make any difference where one goes now. There are plenty of good people to help who are in distress. By May 9th, 1918, Anderson has returned home to Ada, Ohio. He spent the better part of four months traveling the islands, lecturing for crowds, helping widows and orphans, offering comfort to dying soldiers, and encouraging those to endure. None of this would be possible without the goodwill of Henry Stambaugh. The ripple effects that Henry Stambaugh created are countless. His partnership with Reverend George Anderson was just one of many. Mm -hmm.